Welcome back to another episode of Lost in the Shuffle. It is me, Peter, from Sheffield Shuffler. I'm here with my buddy and co-host, John Lalogia. What's up, John? What's up, the people? How's it going? Good. What's going on, man? You have a good weekend? Ugh, living the dream. And by living the dream, I mean enjoying uh, the last few weeks I have here in the city of Chicago. Uh, before I take on dad life uh, as we move into our new house in the suburbs. So, nice. you know, I'm a little sad to be leaving the city. I feel like it's time now. Um, but, uh, and I know my life isn't ending, but it, it, it feels like it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not ready to talk about my lawn yet uh, or any of uh, any of those dad, uh, you know, getting new golf clubs. Like, uh, I just, I'm not ready for it. I don't really yeah. have much of my arsenal anyway to talk about lawn care or golf Bro, clubs. The, I mean, I like this. I like living in the suburbs now. Like, and we, you know, when we were younger, it's like, yeah, the city's the place to be. And that's where all the action is totally cool. But like now I don't want to be around that. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be around 3 million people in Chicago that most of them are not jobs. And I hate a lot of people as it is. So it's like, why do I want to be around that? I want my own piece of property. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm going to go. I'm excited to have my own yard. 100%. I cannot wait to have my own backyard and have some real space, right? Your own space. But you have to be, you have to be, you have to make, you have to be nice to these people. Like since you're living next to them, like, do I have to give them the kind of common courtesy of like, Oh, I'm a friendly neighbor. What happens if I don't like them? That's just the thing, pretend? dude. Rule number one is I would not make friends with neighbors. That's rule number one. Don't I know, but my wife, them. my wife wants to make friends with them, and I'm fine making friends with them unless they suck. And if they suck, I I don't want to hang out with them. But I live next to them, and isn't there an obligation that you have to spend some time with your no, neighbors? No, zero no? obligation to spend time with them. You can be courteous and friendly. All I want is, hey, neighbor. That's going to be tough, too. You see them walking in with their groceries. Hey, how you doing? All right, Frank. Hey, Frank. And then I'm running into the garage, you know? Frank sucks. Yeah, Frank does suck. Um, But, yeah, it'll grow on you real quick, dude. Uh, Dad life, suburb life. It's not bad. I'm excited about it. But, yeah, we're just doing street festivals, enjoying the last couple weeks, Um, trying to catch a Cubs game before we, uh, we move out. So we live, like, 10 minutes away from Wrigley. So we're going to yeah. try to hit that up and maybe bring the, my one-year-old son uh, to a game. Uh, I feel like it's too young. My wife really wants to do it, but I'm like, mm. isn't that too young for Why? a kid? I don't know when I have to hold on the entire game. It's not going to be super enjoyable. He's not going to know anything about well, what's happening. I can't explain anything. And it's just, I feel like it's just for my wife to take pictures and put them up on social media saying Theo went to his first Cubs game. Sure. Yeah. Um, a big portion of that is with a lot of stuff nowadays, but yeah, it's like a moment for you and your kid too. Like, Hey, I, this was the first time I brought you to a Cubs game. That's true. And I think we you should document be, it. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't have to be like, you know, Oh, I had the best time, but it's like, Hey, I brought my son to his first Cubs game and you'll always remember that. And you'll know, you know, Chris Mar- uh, Christopher Morell went two for three with a home run or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can take a photo and you can show him later in life. Hey, this is your first Cubs game. His Just name like- is his name is also Theo. So is he right. allowed in the basket in the outfield? Take I saw a picture. that. I'll saw just put Theo him in there. That. He can just chill. I'll take the picture and I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure they'll be cool with it. You got me, dude. But I highly suggest it. I suggest okay. you do it. All right. Maybe um, we'll do it. John, let's get into some topics today. So what I had today, 
So some news. Gronk is retiring again. Robert Gronkowski, the tight end of the Buccaneers, longtime tight end, uh, pro bowler of the Patriots, is retiring for a second time. He announced it on Instagram. And so I'm thinking, is he the greatest tight end of all time? In in quite a short, a, a fairly short career. Um I mean, he was just absolutely incredible just to give you some stats. So New England from 2010 to 18, Tampa, obviously 2020 to 22, where he recently retired four time, first team, all pro five time pro bowler, super bowl champion four times, I believe mm-hmm. um, three with the Pats, one with the bucks, 2014 uh, AP comeback player of the year, 143 games, 621 catches, uh, 9,286 yards, 92 touchdowns, um, and then was named to the NFL 100 all-time team in 2019, which is pretty remarkable since he had only been in the league for nine years. Mm -hmm. Um, So so I looked up this list, and there's two guys that are currently listed ahead of him. Uh, Can you guess who those tight ends are? Yes, one of them's got to be Tony Gonzalez. He's number one, okay? Tony Gonzalez, number one. Yep. A uh, wide receiver of all time, right? I'm sorry. Tight end. Tight end. Yeah, tight end. Tight end. He's, in the, he's in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, granted. He's, he's, he's number one. Him. His stats are going to be pretty tough to beat just because of his longevity. So, Kansas City, 97 to 08. Atlanta, 19 to 13. Four time, 14 time Pro Bowler, six time first team, 270 games, uh, over 15,000 yards receiving, How many 111 seasons? touchdowns. So that's going to be impossible. And he got inducted to the Hall of Fame in 2019. So. How many seasons did he play? So 97 to 08, and then 09 to 13. So I'm not a mathematician, but I believe that's what, like 17 years, 16 okay. years? That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, NFL, you play in a league that stands for not for long, and yeah, you're playing 17 years. That's a lot. And then number two, Antonio Um, Gates. Antonio Gates, yeah, Yeah. for the Chargers, right? Yeah. I think Gronk was uniquely different because I think he, when he was healthy, was really, really difficult to guard. I think his career was definitely cut short because so many people just went at his knees and his ankles and his legs and just Mm -hmm. cut them out from under him, which is really the only way you can tackle a guy like that. Um, And even in his time with Tampa, obviously he had the rapport with Brady, but he became so invaluable as a lead blocker, um, which really helped Fournette. Uh, in the running game and, and frankly, a lot of the pass protection for Brady uh, to make these throws to Evans and Godwin. So he's would- also the more decorated wide receiver, right? Tony Gonzalez, zero Super Bowls, right? None. And, and Gates, Gates, nothing. Zero you know? Super Bowls. So as far as when you talk about best, that's I think that's a conversation to have too. When you say the best, what does that mean? Are you the most decorated? Do you have the most accomplishments? Um, or you know, but um, we, I mean, we talk about that. We talk about this with Mike Trout all the time. Like, right? Trout is could be considered the greatest, arguably the greatest baseball player of all time. When it's all said and done, he's already a Hall of Famer right now. Um, but what does he have to to show for it? stats mm-hmm. and absolutely what one season and like one postseason, and that's it um you know we like we talk about the the captain documentary with jeter which is like what a seven-part docu-series about Derek jeter yeah it's stats aren't that 
remarkable, but what was remarkable is all his World Series championships and his play in the postseason, which is really what people remember. And so I often think about that at times with Trout. It's like, we'll have a ton of video, we'll have a ton of stats, but will he be remembered as one of the all the all-time greats. And you don't like, have that I, moment, I that postseason moment, right? Yeah. That everybody wants to be remembered for. And I think you I think you need that because when people talk about the greatest tight ends of all time, they're gonna think about Gronk number one because of all of his indelible moments in Super Bowls and and the postseason. Right. But then people look at lists like you and I are doing right now, like, oh yeah, Tony Gonzalez, Gates. Oh man, they were incredible. But it doesn't it really doesn't have the same feel as far as legacy. Mm-hmm. So what do you believe is more important then? The accolades or the individual accomplishments? Oh, man. I struggle with this because I often think about this with... I think sport, the sport matters as well. Sport matters. I struggled this with, with Rodgers and Brady. Now, universally, every, most people would say that Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm. So, 10, we've been to 10 Super Bowls, have won seven. Um, great postseason play, great leader. But when I watch Aaron Rodgers play football, he plays it at a different level. His arm strength, his accuracy, his ability to play the position is unlike anyone I've ever seen, maybe with the exception of Mahomes. And let's see if Mahomes can do it for a long period of time. But when someone says the greatest quarterback, it can't just be about stats. Otherwise, it's math, and then and then it's not debatable. You just look at the stats. Mm-hmm. So the greatest, I think, is the is the most the greatest at their position. Statistically, it's going to be Brady. No one's ever going to beat that. But I think Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen as far as throwing on the – anything you can do in that position, pre-snap, throwing on the run. Yes, he. I mean, he – hasn't has as many Super Bowls as Brady, but when you talk about the greatest of all time, I think Rodgers as quarterback, and I also think Gronk, because I think Gronk Gronk has the the stats and the accolades, but physically, I think he could do things that Gonzalez and Gates could not do physically. Mm-hmm. He played the position differently than anyone I've ever seen. Similar with Steph Curry. I've never seen a guard play basketball the way Steph Curry plays basketball. Um, it just, it, it's different. And he happens to have the accolades as well. So I, I think, think, I think, I think that is how I would define greatest of all time. In football, the quarterback has the most power on the field to determine how well a team is performing. Not all of it, not all of it, but he has the largest portion. of it. He touches the ball every play, every play on offense, right? Of course, you have to have a good defense, but defense every, plays a huge part in for sure. in football. I think the only thing you can isolate greatest of all time, honestly, is golf and tennis, individual sports. Baseball, right. baseball helps too. You can isolate the stats because it, it's kind of a individual sport on a team right but i'm saying i think in um accolades do come into play in football especially at the quarterback position you know um most uh, receive or you know most throwing yards most touchdowns things like that that a quarterback can control i think those accolades are important in deciding who is the best ever um baseball not so much there's i think there's nine guys on a field there's a, a guy that pitches five different guys that pitch every day so like we said we're with mike trout he's one of the best baseball players of all time he's on the shittiest team no one gives a shit about him i mean you could say he's but, the greatest but there's but- something to be said about that he made a choice he made a choice to stay in anaheim he didn't have to he wanted to that that needs to be 
mentioned when you talk about Mike Trout, he wanted to stay in in a me- with a mediocre franchise, which he knew it was. Which I don't think him winning a World Series is the most important thing for him. I think he's happy with his family and he enjoys it out there. Um, I think there's there's something to be said about his choice to stay in Anaheim when he could have literally gone anywhere he wanted. I think Robert Ori has, um, I don't know how many championships, but if we're looking off accolades by themselves, you would say he would be the greatest basketball player of all time when that's simply just not true, right? So there's other things that obviously go in in part with that. Um, Yogi Berra has 10 World Series rings between player and manager. Um, I mean, you can argue you look at, he's one of the look greatest. At Dan Marino, of all time. Dan Marino is considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He doesn't have a Super Bowl. Trout may yeah. may never win. Um, may never certainly will never win a World Series. Might not even win a playoff series. Um, and will still be considered one of the best players of all time. Yeah. So the everyone has their own. I mean, that's what when you say greatest of all time, I think it's it's a it's a fascinating debate because it's it is determined by what you define is great. We're not going by the numbers because if we did, then this wouldn't even be a question and we would just look at stats. But also, I, we it's hard to determine guys that we have not watched, John. When people say, Ooh, Roger Staubach, one of the best quarterbacks, I never saw that guy take a snap. So it's hard for me to be like, Roger Staubach or Dan sure. Marino. Like, I didn't watch those guys where I watched Peyton Manning, Brady, Rogers. Yes. Like, these are the guys who I feel comfortable. Um, you know, deciphering who's better than who because I've seen it and we they've had those moments in the playoffs and those things that they're remembered for. But when you go back and you know they say like Yogi Berra, best catcher, or Harmon Killebrew, I'm like Ty Cobb. I'm like I don't fucking I never saw a Ty Cobb game before. Right, you know and, 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 and they were throwing it. 93 mile an hour changeups like um, Alcantara for Miami. You know what right. I mean? Like it's just ridiculous. Like the the how much better. Uh, medicine and technology and information that we have his his is enhanced every single sport and yeah. the athletes as well. Yeah. So I think Gronk is the best. Uh, is the best of all time. Sticking with football, so we all know about Deshaun Watson. Uh, mm. In hot water, I'd say would be an understatement. So. His attorney says 20 of the 24 lawsuits filed by, uh, against Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is being settled. It's all he could you, afford right now. What? It's all he could afford right now. Of course. 20 out you of know the 24. What, did we, I don't know if we talked about this. Do you know what they did with his contract? So what did he get? Like $230 million. And like an, an, an enormous amount of that was guaranteed. But on purpose, they gave him a salary his first year of a million dollars. So in, in case he got they, – they structured his contract in a way where in case he, he has to like, like – civil suits? Right, civil suits or whatever, then he they would get just a cut of the $1 million for, his, for this year of what his yearly salary is. So they, so they did that on purpose. They assumed that he was going to pay some money. These teams those, are dirty too. And, and, and it came out that the Texans provided non-disclosure agreements for when he went to have right. uh, these massages – Dirty stuff, dude. Behind the scenes, NFL teams, dirty stuff. Right. So for those of you who don't know, since March of March 16, 2021, 25 lawsuits have been filed against Watson, alleged sexual assault and other inappropriate behavior during massage sessions. Basically, dude was a creep. I've watched like an E60 or a, a piece on it and and or his like HBO that. Real Sports. E69, He's, right? It, there you go. Um, that's on Spike TV. 
Yeah. Uh, I miss and, the, Spike TV. and the Spice Channel, but it's very, it's very grainy. Spike TV know? was awesome. Yeah. Um, but anyway, th- so this dude's a creep. Um, and so, but it's really not talking about him and how gross he is, but it's, it's talking about the fan of the Cleveland Browns. Once I think it's, it's reprehensible and insane <laughs> that they would bring this guy in, but in sports front offices do not give a shit about the, the moral compass of an individual. They give a shit about the bottom line. They only care if you can, all about the if, bills, you, y'all. if you can, yeah, if you can produce and you can play, they'll pay you and they'll do whatever they can to keep you on staff. And as everybody knows, and especially uh, the Cleveland Browns know you cannot win in the national football league. If you do not have a quarterback, I think I've talked about this before, but Paul D Podesta, who is personified in the movie Moneyball, played by Jonah Hill, that analytics guy, he works for the Browns and he was asked, Hey, do you think you can, you know, operate this money ball strategy in football like you did in baseball with the A's? And he said, yes, to a point, there's a lot of things that we can do. He goes, but all the number crunching that we have done, we can't make up the fact for the court, the importance of the quarterback position. And if you are not in the top 10 of quarterbacks in the NFL, you will not be a successful organization. So mm. you know what I mean? And so that's that's important to note. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have hitched my horse or my wagon to that horse. Um, but <laughs> we've seen this a lot. So there's a difference because, like you said, they brought him in and they paid him this guaranteed money. That's a bad move, okay? We've seen this with a lot of other sports. Domestic abuse, Kareem Hunt, Aroldis Chapman, Addison Russell – I mean, you can go down the line. Ray of Rice. All these, Ray first Rice, time we Gr- saw a video of it. Greg Hardy, stuff like that. So um, a lot so of it gets brushed under the rug, depending on how successful you are. Aroldis Chapman traded from the Yankees to the Cubs after he took a gun mm-hmm. to his girlfriend's head, shot it in his garage, sat it in his car, got arrested. Um, they traded Glaber Torres to the Ty- Yankees. Tyree Hill pushed his, I think, pushed his girlfriend down the stairs. Uh, so also not a good dude. So, But the question isn't like, yes, this happens all the time in sports. The question is, Pete, if you're a Browns fan, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure it's it, I'm sure it's a different feeling. We don't know if you're a woman, um, but it's still reprehensible either way. But can you I, cheer for Deshaun Watson if you're a Browns fan? Can you still go to games? Can you watch on Sunday and be like, all right, you know what? I know he's a piece of shit, but he's going to help my team win and I don't care. Can yes. you, is that, is that possible? And do you think the majority of Browns fans will be like, I don't give a shit. I just want him to win. John, do you know the amount of shit they put up with for the last 30 years? I mean, granted it wasn't sexual abuse, but they've got yeah, this is dog pretty, shit. They're I, still I supporting their teams. They've been through like 20 something quarterbacks over the last 17 years. Um, I would, so you I think mean, they don't care. Support- I think sports fans are sports fans. I think there's like there's going to be normal, more, like you said, moral compass. It's about winning, and I'm not supporting this at all. I think he's a piece of shit. I wouldn't support him. But when it comes to my sports teams, like I am concerned about winning. I know most of those guys probably aren't good people. Just like you know, I buy an iPhone. Do you know how I, I know how this is made? Where it's made? How we it's made? It. Of course. Slave labor, child labor laws overseas. Same Terrible. thing with my Nike shoes. Whatever. I know how it's made still buy it right because right. i like it and i want it same thing with my entertainment or my sports right. team still and that's what the front team. office is banking on they're like if we win it won't matter mm-hmm. that's I unfortunate think, that's I just think, how the, 
I think you're right. I think that they come out three and zero. I think they're going to be like, well, he's not a good guy, but he is, you know, he's really, he's, uh, he's, he's exceptional in escaping the he's exceptional yeah, esca- yeah. escaping the pocket and making plays. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, that's a, those are good jokes right there. Escaping the pocket. <laughs> Sorry, it escaped the pocket. That's good. It's it's good. We can use all this. Um, yeah. So next topic. Why is everyone so mad about the live tour? Okay, so for those of you who don't know, the PGA Tour has been around for forever, okay? Um, There is a new league called the Live Tour, um, which is, it is being funded by Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund and is fronted by two-time Open winner Greg Norman, the shark. So essentially, they are creating their own league um, and Brooks Kepka, a very popular golfer has decided to join the live golf tour along with Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau. So a couple notable golfers. And essentially the draw is because it's backed, it's funded by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, which is a lot of oil money. They can pay, um, an absorbent amount of money for, winners and for people to play in their tournaments. So what you would make on the PGA tour, you could make three or four times more on the live tour and golfers are essentially independent contractors. So there is no rule saying, you know, it's the free market creating another, another tour. I mean, someone could do this for major league baseball. They'd be like, Oh, we're creating a different league. Um, you know, the major league baseball and they would try to get, maybe other players. I don't know if there's clauses in major league baseball. that They can't play, but everyone's super pissed about this. And I don't, I don't know why people are upset about it. I think it's because well, the political. PJ tour is so old. PJ tour is so old and they're in, and, and they don't want these other golfers playing on this other tour. Who cares? They, they talk about legacy, but I think that, I think that's honestly for an older generation. I think 24, 25 year olds today, if they're like, Okay, uh, I've won maybe one major or two, but I can make three to four times as much money on this tour. Uh, I'm gonna go. Isn't um, it a political which, thing, John? That's why people are upset about it. They're they're upset because they're they don't want they want all the best players on the same tour. You know I what I mean? So so when people are tuning into the PGA like Tour, they when people are tuning into the PGA tour, they want all the best players because it it's better for the product. Sure. If you know that four of the top 20 golfers are playing on the live tour for this particular tournament and someone wins a PGA PGA tour tournament, it's going to, it's going to not have the same gravitas. Cause you're like, Oh, okay, well they won this, but, f- but five of the best players are playing at a, at a, another tour overseas. Right. Um, maybe possibly some, some, you know, Politics, you know, Phil Mickelson said some some pretty reprehensible things. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, about and and it kind of got ostracized from the PGA Tour. They were basically it was some inflammatory things about the people in Saudi Arabia. Um, and uh, he was and, making and fun it, of them. Yeah, he just not speaking about them in a in a very positive light. Um, and said this to a an author who was doing an unauthorized biography on Phil Mickelson. Um, and then basically talked about how the PGA tour was, um, 
you know, is difficult to play on or holding people hostage and not letting them, you know, play elsewhere or whatever. And so the PGA tour kind of ostracized him. And then he jumped ship from the PGA tour and went to the live tour uh, where he's playing now. So, um, so I don't think like, and, and now every, every golfer, is like has to come out on um, social media and say, Hey, I'm not leaving the PGA tour. I'm staying here because it's like happening behind closed doors. Like every, every other day, it's like, Oh, this person's leaving the tour and playing in the live tour. Mm-hmm. So live golf has now signed eight of the top 50 players in the world, Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, and they're expected to compete in an event in Portland um, as well. And then also two time major winner, Dustin Johnson and six time major winner, Phil Mickelson. Um, have competed and lives live golf's inaugural event outside London a couple weeks ago. So they're getting more and more players to join their tour and people are freaking out about it, but they're essentially independent contractors. So I don't think it matters. It's still going to be televised. Yeah. I mean, see, that's the thing there. I think it will be, but they aren't yet. So a lot of people really don't know about it. Like it's not on, you can stream it, but you can like torrent it, but it's not on like CBS or NBC. Sure. Um, and I think it's on Tel Aviv. Right. <laughs> Al Jazeera. And I think it's yeah. eventually, I think it's eventually coming, but, um, but if, as long as they don't have Tiger Woods, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it'll, I mean, they offer Tiger like ridiculous amounts of money to mm. go there. And, and he said no, but I mean, so, all right. It sucks, but that's that's free market economy. That's what right? I'm saying. Like, who who cares? Like, pay him more you, money P, than PJ Tour. If you don't want them to leave, then incentivize your purses and your purse and make it worthwhile for people to stay on tour. But they can't. Yeah. You can't compete with, with with oil money from Saudi Arabia. Forget yeah. it. Um, okay, coming back to baseball a little bit. Can we talk about O'Neill Cruz, new shortstop for the Pirates? Dude. Yeah, he's a monster. Holy shit! He's uh, gonna be. I think so, he's the tallest person in the MLB now. We just talked about this. Remember, we we're saying yeah. Tyler Glass now was six seven as well. Can you that link I sent you? Can you share that throw against the Cubs he made the other night from the hole? Like Contreras is running. Contreras not the fastest guy in the world, obviously, but O'Neill Cruz like ranges to his right, backhands it, and then throws a seed ninety six point seven miles an hour. Uh, from shortstop, which is like on a freaking line. Uh, it's just incredible. So, so the hardest throw by an infielder in major league baseball this year, 96.7 on the throw I'm showing, I'm talking about now, and hopefully you can share it. Um, the hardest hit ball of the year by a pirate. Okay. So this is three innings into his 2020 debut, uh, Last night from Pirates, O'Neill Cruz. Hardest throw by an infielder, 96.7. The hardest hit ball of the year by a Pirate, uh, 112.9 off the bat. And then the three fastest sprint speeds of a year by a Pirate, 31.5, 30.7, and 30.3, courtesy of MLB Pipeline. So this dude can play, and I thought it was hilarious because I was on Twitter, and the Pirates, like... This this goes to show a franchise and organization that has absolutely nothing going for them. So they did a separate promo video the night before playing like the time has come, like O'Neill Cruz will finally play. Mm-hmm. Um, but as advertised, the, the dude is sick. Um, so 
they have obviously they're not going anywhere, but this dude is an absolute stud, so it will be fun to watch him uh going forward. How do you play shortstop in major leagues being six seven? How as as a shortstop, it's weird. Like yeah, you have to bend over all yeah. the time. Right. That's rough, dude. I mean, it's like Aaron Judge playing shortstop. What? It's it's crazy. Um, but dude, he's a he's a stud. Were you able to share that or no? Yeah, didn't you see it? Oh, sorry, I missed it. I was sharing it for like two minutes. I was reading I sh- something else. Sh- oh, sorry. Um, and so he's incredible. And then just an update, real quick. I want to talk about All Star 2022 in LA. Um, boy, it'd be really cool to go to that. Um, yeah. but uh, so I just want to talk about who's leading the ballot, the votes. Uh huh. So National League first base. Who do you think it is? I'm going to uh, play a guessing game. Yes, Goldschmidt is one. What about American League? Uh, first base, yes. uh, probably Vladdy. Yes. Who's number two, do you think? You'll never guess. Where, at first base? Uh, Yes, first base. You'll never uh, guess. I'll never guess? You'll never guess the second leading vote getter behind Vlad Guerrero Jr. in the American League. Ty France. Place. Yeah, but are you looking at it? Did you cheat? Looking at what? The sheet I'm looking at, I'm I'm quizzing you. He is second. Did you just guess that? Well, yeah, you said I'll never guess it, so I'm not going to guess Rizzo. I'm not going to guess uh, Jose Abreu. Dude, I'm I'm saying I'm impressed. That's pretty good. Uh, All right, second did second you send, base. Send me over the answers. Yeah, but you're not supposed to look at them. I'm supposed to. Did you already look at them? I don't know what you're talking about. You said All right. All right. All right. Leading vote getter for second base in the American League. Who do you think it is? Altuve. Yes. What about National League? You're going to get this. Uh, second base. In You're the like National his biggest League. fan. Or he's your biggest fan. Jess Chisholm. Yeah. Dude's a stud. Yeah. 13 home runs, 831 OPS. Dude, he's awesome. Yeah, he's probably got the big, the most swag um, tied for, you know, got a lot of swag. He's bringing a lot of swag to, uh, to the league. Definitely. Third baseman, American League, Devers, number one. Devers over uh, Jose Ramirez? Yeah, Ramirez is two. National League, who do you think? At, at third base? Third base. Um, it's Is it Arenado? He's second. Machado, I know he's got. I know he just got hurt. Machado's one. Machado one, Arenado two. Yeah. Machado, dude, his numbers are nuts. Three twenty eight oh. average, twelve homers, forty six RBIs, nine forty five. Dude, there. so happy to see him roll his ankle the other day. So happy, and I don't want to, you know, wish that, but he's one of the dirtiest fucking players he I've is, ever he, seen. Dude, he, he stepped so on easy people's feet before. He's so easy to root against. He stepped oh, yeah. on first baseman's people. Jesus Aguilar stepped on the back of his ankle. Oh, yeah. He's kicking. He threw bats. Like, he – I yeah, I can't root for him. So, when he rolled his ankle, I was like, oh, poor baby. Yeah. No, no, no. He's so easy to root against. And um, all that shit, too. Like, when he said he's like, oh, I'm not Johnny Hustle. Remember in the World Series? He's like, ah. Was it in the World Series? He said, "Yeah, when he was Johnny. on the uh, the Dodgers, right? Dodgers, the, yeah, yeah. So he got tr- with the trade deadline from mm-hmm. Baltimore." I'm just like, dude, God, like, what a, the worst attitude imaginable? But he's I mean, so that, talented. That's been his that's been his mo forever, though. You know what I mean? And people are just like, "Well, if he plays the way that he plays, it doesn't matter." I'm like, eh, kind of still does. I don't know. I mean, he did get a 300 million dollar contract, so like, obviously they don't care. I mean, his performance speaks for itself. But like, I wouldn't. I mean. 
you want him on your team, but God. Right, as a teammate, yeah. As a teammate, it would just be like, man, this guy sucks. Yeah. (laughs) For sure, yeah. Um, Which is such a fucking bummer, too, because he's so good. Uh, Third baseman, American League, who's leading vote getter. Third base in the American League. Um, I don't know. Bo Bichette. Really? Number two, Tim Anderson. Third base? Excuse me. Shortstop. Oh, know. okay. Because I was going to say, what? All right. Um, okay, so Bo Bichette and Tim Anderson. Bo Bichette, Tim Anderson, um, National League shortstop this this time. Francisco sure. Lindor. No, dude. Trey no. Turner. Trey Turner. And I have to give you props because I was talking shit about Trey Turner before the season started. I was like, he's not going to be great. And I was so yeah. wrong. He's hitting 301, nine homers, 49 RPIs, RBI, 832 OPS. Two, Dansby Swanson. Um, yeah. Uh, catcher. I'm just going to run through these. Wilson Contreras, number one for national Travis Darno too, dude. He's a stud. That dude yeah. is so good. Yeah. Um, Alejandro Kirk first in the American league as he should be outfield. Mookie Betts, obviously this is before he got hurt. Uh, Acuna two national, um, uh, number one, Aaron judge, obviously in the American league, dude, 1.027. OPS, OPS. twenty five yeah. bombs, fifty RBIs. This might be is this is this might be his best season ever. I mean, everyone been, on yeah. everyone on the Yankees is is just crushing. I mean, and dude, playing Rizzo during contract playing year too. Game. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. Um, Stanton is number three. Trout is number two. I mean, dude, when you're ahead of Mike Trout, yeah, it's pretty impressive. You got to be having a year. Yeah, I think people also there. get numb to the fact on how good. Um, Trout is too. You know what I mean? Especially I being on a shitty team like that. And it's like, oh, he he's hitting 300. Like, who fucking cares? Right, he's I know. Cool. And, and so we're like marveling. I mean, and, and obviously Judge has had some injuries. So we're marveling at his over a thousand, like 1,027 OPS, like 25 homers, 50 RBIs. Like, that's amazing. And you look at Trout. Trout's 21 homers, 43 RBIs. And a 1.039 OPS. But you're like, well, he's Mike Trout. He should have a over 1,000 OPS. You know what I mean? But like, that's right. unheard of. Like, that never happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've just been some so accustomed to it. And by the way, the AL outfielders just destroy National League. So there's like the top vote getters are almost all in the American League. One Aaron Judge, two Trout, three Springer, Giancarlo Stanton. His numbers are also stupid. And then Taylor Ward uh, for Anaheim. Um, who has a 984 OPS, which is also nuts. Yeah. Um, Juan Soto from NL. And then Yuron Alvarez for DH, William Contreras uh, for Atlanta, and then Bryce Harper as well. I don't know why he's listed under DH, but he is. He's number one vote getter for DH. Also for has who? over a, a, for National League for designated who? hitter. Who? Bryce Harper. He's a leading vote getter. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he's he's played. Not majority of the season, but I mean, a yeah. good chunk now. Yeah. And Otani, obviously, is number two. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing I want to mention is how the Yankees can't lose, um, which is insane. So they're absolutely dominating this season. They've reached First team 50, to 50 wins. 50 Sorry. wins in 67 games with a winning percentage of 746. So it puts them like, are they going to be good, good as the 27 Yankees who are considered the greatest team of all time? Um, but the 1927. The 27 Yankees, I think, is like one of the best teams of all time. People yeah. still talk about it. 
I know um, that just goes murder back, you know. row. Uh, oh, I was just gonna say that goes back to like people we haven't watched, you know. Exactly. So. Right. Um and so you know what I mean? Like when people say Mickey Mantle was so great, you just say it. You're like, Yeah, man, he was one of the greatest. I never saw that guy take three hacks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the people that talk about him like swear they're like he's the greatest player i've ever seen right and you're just like i mean totally. in, in every like <laughs> i think in joe pa- posnanski's baseball 100 i'm pretty sure that it's a very popular book going through the 100 best baseball players of all time universally in the book and i think elsewhere i've heard this too but in the book number one is willie mays but i've heard that mm-hmm. from so many different documentaries and baseball books i've read that overall baseball player he was the best that ever played how cool is this photo defensively dude that is sweet where'd you get that that's willie mays i got it at a uh, santa's village in the winter they had i showed you all that stuff right they have like um all these like retro baseball magazines and stuff got like a mike schmidt one i got a sandy koufax like they're like 10 bucks jesus that's awesome yeah yep sorry well, the Yanks are dominating. Again, the only other two Yankees teams in history have reached 50 wins more quickly than this squad. 39 uh, team, four, 50 and 14 in 64 games. And then in 1928, they started out 50 and 16. Um, but right now, again, they can't lose. Rizzo, the, the entire lineup is mashing. They they lead the league in record, but like we said, run differential plus 145 and home runs, which is 111. Um, only the Dodgers plus 114 are even close to them in run differential and the Braves a hundred, um, which have a hundred in home runs. So, um, so yeah, they are absolutely hitting home runs at a ridiculous pace. Judge Rizzo, Stanton, Torres, they're all on pace to hit 30 or more home runs this season, which is bananas. Uh, judge leads the way his 25 home runs through the first 60 game trail, only Mickey Mantle in 1956 and Babe Ruth in 28, both with 27 as the most through that span in Yankees history. Um, also their ERA is leading the league with 2.78. Um, and they've given up the fewest walks in the second fewest home runs. So literally <laughs> number one in every, in every single category. category. Um, so Let's see if they can sustain it. I mean, they've fa- they've been fairly healthy with a bunch of guys that are that are injury prone, you know, especially with Judge uh, and Stanton. So, Josh Donaldson too that they picked up. Yeah, who's been awesome, also yeah. injury prone. But John, do you remember uh, that episode we did and I uh, picked the comeback player of the year? Do you remember who that was? I don't. Did you Glaber say Glaber Torres? Glaber you did Torres. say that. Yeah. And that's uh, shaping up pretty and he good. He was in that. He was in that Chapman trade. Yes. Right for the Cubs in sixteen. The Cubs yeah. could have. He could be playing shortstop for the Cubs. Although they wouldn't that's have a World we, Series. So. Exactly. So it's that point is moot because uh, yeah. we'd have a rental for Chapman. John. Um, let's talk about some other non-sports thing. Well, let's, John, let's if you could it. have if if you could have dinner with any athlete, dead or alive, who would that be? Any professional athlete, dead or alive? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, you'd want... like. Here's my point. If you're having dinner with someone, you want them to be entertaining and funny. Or at least I do. So I wouldn't pick the best player. So people are like, oh, I picked Mike Trout. It's like, no, Mike Trout's boring. Right, Um, I saw that. I wouldn't pick anyone who wasn't interesting. 
on, I mean, if I'm being honest, a professional athlete for a three hour dinner, it wouldn't be Aaron Rodgers. Like it would be someone who is relatable, funny. And I honestly, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. I really, I really think so. If I have a three hour dinner with someone, it would be Peyton Manning. Mm. There, there's no one in history that I think I would find more interesting. Um, that like some sports figure, you know, like an athlete, I would say, yeah, him, honestly. Yeah. I think that a couple good ones would be like Sebastian Janikowski, you know, he's got some crazy stories, right? I mean, he was like, you know, he, he kidnapped a woman and took her to Mexico. Did you ever hear that story? No. Um, oh yeah. Nick Swisher. I think Nick Swisher would be a good one. I know you think he has a cocaine problem, dude. That um, dude is on <laughs> drugs. <laughs> I can't prove um, it, but that dude is on drugs. Yeah, someone, uh, someone entertaining. Um, I said I would pick uh, Ted Williams. Ted Williams, I think, is a very interesting person. I mean, he went to he went to war during the height of his career. Got shot down. His plane went down, landed, almost broke his legs. Came back and still had a Hall of Fame career. Um, just like a tough nose kind of. Yeah, guy. I know, but but the thing is, you want to hear about war stories, and a lot of the guys who fought in the war didn't don't want to talk about that stuff. So well, we could talk it, about the the science of baseball though too. Like he wrote the book, the science or the science of hitting. Yeah, but My all you would talk about that. is hitting though, and that's all he wanted to talk about. Like he didn't right. have any other interest in anything else about the game except hitting. Could you just mm. talk about hitting for that long? I mean, I think if I got him drunk enough, he'd like I don't know, do some funny shit. You know, he's one of those old guys that doesn't have like the decorum of like nowadays to be PC. So I'm sure we can get some stuff out of him. Oh my god! You oh would, my god! It would get a ton of stuff out of him. Yeah, he wouldn't even care. He'd be like, eh, "I'm fine. I'm right." Isn't he frozen? Still? He's frozen. Yeah, him and so Walt is it, Disney. So it might be a possibility. You think that could ever happen? What is the what is the point of that? And what is the cost of that to freeze somebody's body? in a hyper hyperbaric chamber is that what it is just to keep them like from not falling apart in hopes that they could have another brain implanted in there someday i guess where, that's your whole you know, thought process do you right you know where he's being frozen like where specifically is it in boston no i don't know it's with walt disney somewhere i, I heard oh, dude that's crazy but why are you doing that you're doing that in hopes that one day you can bring him back to life right yeah, why else don't... would you but they don't want to die. They want to live on forever. But why would you preserve somebody's body like that without the thought of like trying to bring them back to life at some point, right? Well, I think they maybe for cloning. They're like I I have a I have a son or I have someone and I want their hitting genetics and you know, like Jurassic Park type stuff. You think they operate on him like a car and just like add new parts? Like here's a thirty. I don't think it's gonna heart. be weekend. At, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be. We, I don't think it's gonna be weekend at Bernie's. But I think they want to preserve his body and like any type of like his anatomy or blood to see if they can like you know like like horse racing like reproduce. So like keep his blood alive to create another super hitter. Hmm. Interesting. That's why I thought they would keep him alive. I don't think they're thinking about bringing him back to life, but. I thought it was for like, but then why keep the whole body? Why don't drain the body of the blood and all the valuable things you want? Yeah. Preserve that. I don't and then know get rid of the carcass. About, I really don't know enough about this to to speak on it. All I know is that's the Makes only reason though, I can right? think you would keep him alive. Makes you think though, right? Why do they choose him and Walt Disney? Or put him in the and put him in Cooperstown, his frozen body. Be like, here is the greatest hitter of all time, and you can touch him. Yeah. 
Just put on these uh, gloves. You just put on these. <laughs> put on these gloves. It's it's like negative four hundred degrees Celsius. So you'll like burn your hand because it's so cold. Dry ice. Yep. Okay. What else have you got? Um, I mean, I was just thinking about some alien stuff, but <laughs> I don't know if we have to cover <laughs> it. <laughs> Is you know the pot is in a wall. You're like, I don't fucking know aliens. Uh, I don't know. I don't really. I was just. I've seen. I don't really I've seen prepare some... necessarily. Uh, I've seen some of, of this in the news lately. Did you see know, any of this alien... fucking aliens? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what what the fuck do you want to talk about. I don't know. I mean, this is my podcast, but like, fuck, I don't. Well, know. I. Uh... <laughs> Now I saw some alien stuff in the uh, in the news recently, and you know now it's common knowledge, but nobody talks about it. That like, hey, the government already uh, admitted that there are, you know, UFOs that we don't know what the fuck they are, and everyone's just like, yeah, okay, makes sense. Nobody talks about it though. So, do you believe in UFOs? Um, I don't know, dude. I went down this rabbit hole in these. <sighs> This girl was talking. She was reading out of a book, and you know, Area Fifty One has a a hole in it, and it goes down into the core of the Earth. And there's lizard people that live down there, and these lizard people have been around forever, and they like, you know, have been running things down there. And I'm not saying I believe this. I'm what is saying this, like QAnon stuff. Um, no, no, I don't know. It was on like TikTok or like a Twitter or something. Um, and Dude, are you being are book. you being radicalized right now? Should we talk about this? Not at all. Dude, we're we're gonna come we're gonna come back on this pod and it's gonna be a very different Pete. You're gonna be fucking nuts. Yeah. Um I hope I have my organs in the morning. Dude. Well it's fine. If you don't, we'll we'll just freeze you. Yeah. Right next to Ted. Yeah, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy. I just have no time. I just have no time for it. You know? Like not to think like I have I have faith in don't have to see something to believe it necessarily, but a lot of this conspiracy conspiracy theory shit, especially on social, in the last like five to eight years, I'm like, what a fucking waste of time. I just have yeah. no time for it. Yeah. What else do you have? What other brain busting topics do you have? Uh, I don't know. You guys like uh, meatballs? You want to talk about that? <laughs> you guys ever been to hey a guys, circus? Uh, two things that I was thinking about: aliens and meatballs. Discuss. <laughs> you guys ever been to a circus? Hey, how do those clowns keep those big pants up? <laughs> let's just let's just talk about all the times we've been to Panera Bread and explain them. Each about, episode will be will be a, a different time that you, that we went to Panera Bread. How about the fact that Panera Bread is just hospital food? Dude, I fucking love Panera Bread. It's it's literally just hospital food. What are you nuts? <laughs> no, it's dude. It's so nobody good. talks about it. They have great paninis. Their soup is great. You ever get a bread bowl like with soup I, in it? I've had a bread bowl before. Yeah. Dude, good. they're amazing. And their right. coffee is actually underrated. I hear they have the uh, unlimited coffee. It's like $8.99 a month. They have unlimited right? coffee, but it's actually pretty good. Also, their food is great, and their soup is great. And their salads are not bad. You're, dude, you're nuts. Panera's I the mean, shit. Didn't you just hear what I was talking about? Yeah, I'm a little nuts. That's true. All what right, John. Have, what else have you got? Have you hit a uh, wall? I don't know. I just, I mean, you prepared the entire show, which I greatly appreciate. Um, and I just didn't bring um, too much other stuff. Obviously, I was talking about aliens and being <laughs> frozen. I was trying to come up with other topics that uh, that weren't sports related. I can talk about things that aren't sports related. I thought this was a sports related show. It is. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that are happening in my life that would be interesting. Uh, 
to the people. Everyone knows I'm moving, um, which I, which is annoying because the moving sucks. Um, <laughs> I feel like we're on we're on stage <laughs> at like improv or like a stand up, and it's like dead air. Oh, I forgot my notebook. I did. I did. Um, everyone knows I I'm did, moving. I did stand up. Uh, I, I did a couple open mics. Actually, did you really? Yeah, I did uh, three last week or the week before I think it was last week i think it did three last week um cut, cut me off about the aliens tell me about that how did it go yeah it was it was i did i did uh, a couple bars in the north side of chicago it was me nine other comics and then two like bona fide alcoholic sociopaths that are just hanging out just want to have their voice heard basically um yeah. and uh yeah got a couple laughs and uh you know it's interesting i I recently saw my my style is kind of storytelling, but like jokes embedded within the story. It's like what I it's like it's a type of comedy that I prefer watching as a fan. So listening to like Tom Segura or Dave Chappelle, great storytellers with a lot of jokes embedded in. And I mm. s- recently saw Mike Birbiglia's show at the Steppenwolf, um, his new show, which was fantastic. And he makes it look so easy. Uh, and that's kind of my style. And so I had these stories with jokes in them. And then as I'm doing it, one, you, like, I have, like, three jokes in a one or two minute story, mm-hmm. maybe, like, a one minute story. Um, you need, like, 10 to 15 jokes in, like, a 45 second story. Like, yeah. you just need rapid fire jokes. And then you come, and then you, I do it, and you come back to the realization of, like, oh, you have to write. Like, you really have to sit down. And make sure that it's like every every 25, 20 to twenty five seconds, you get a laugh. You mm-hmm. know, it's a laugh line, and so it's almost like a, a like a a math or science thing where you're just like you're just kind of you're not counting the laughs, but you're making sure the laughs are consistent. So there's yeah. a lot of jokes embedded in there. So, it's a formula, just like yeah. with uh, improv. You know, it really is. So there are rules. So that was helpful. So I was like, okay, and then I did it again and made some edits and it worked. But like, that was just like one, it was like one and a half minutes of material. And like, I worked on the jokes for that. So you just, you think about like how much time it takes to craft. Like you watch a one hour special on Netflix Mm. and you, you consume it and then you're done with it. And you're like, Oh God, when's it like, all right, I just saw their new special. Like when's their new shit coming out? And it's like, it takes years to create a whole hour of material. Um, and how hard it is and how it looks so easy and it looks so seamless. Like they're just off the cuff, but they know every move. They know Mm -hmm. every turn, they know every tag. Um, so it was, uh, you know, it was a learning experience, but it was fun and I really like doing it. And I, if I wasn't so tired all the time, um, because, uh, from being a dad and a full-time job, um, Mm -hmm. I would definitely do it more. I get it, dude. Yeah. I mean, some of the, I mean, it's basically storytelling, storytelling and knowing yeah, how to deliver jokes, timing. But it's jokes. It's like jokes right. in like a ton of jokes. Like Berbiglia, when I watched him, it, he was so funny and it looked so easy. But then when you, I really broke it down, I was like, oh my God, there's like 10 jokes within one story. And then he moves on to a, another thing. And then there's like 15 other jokes. Mm. So it's, you're, it's like jumping from like, lily pad to lily pad you know what i mean it's like boom, sure. boom. they like never drown because it's like up oh, i'm here and then i'm here and then the laughs just carry you t- till the end but 
you know, it's just, it's a ton, it's a, once you realize it's just a ton of writing, it's a ton of writing and rehearsing and, and, and hours and hours in front of a mic and, and hours and hours of sitting at your computer and writing. Um, what do you think's harder, stand up or improv? Um, I think, I think stand up. Yeah. Just stand up is harder for me. I think stand up's harder because you're up there writing. by yourself. I, 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 you one, write. you're by yourself, and I think writing's harder. Like, yeah. writing is way harder. Like, improv is it, improv is easier because you you still I think you still bomb at the same rate. Like, sure, it's not it's not an easier art form, but I think it's easier to do because one, you're not alone, so you're not feeling the bomb alone. You're feeling it with like four or five other people, but also you're given the benefit of the doubt from the audience because they know you're making it up. So also, I, I think improv is yeah. easier because but there are games that you practice as well, too. You know what I mean? They're yes, essentially they like, are. Hey, we've yes. ran through this before. Sure. But long form improv, I feel like you get a benefit of the doubt from the audience who is inevitably seven other improvisers who are waiting to go on after you. Right. Um, and no regular people. But yeah. I think it's easier because they know it's made up and they give you the benefit of the doubt. You get a little leeway. Um, you still bomb at the same rate, but like stand up when you bomb there, they like fucking hate you. Like yeah. they hate you as a person because you waste it takes a lot of, it, you know, it takes a lot of guts to get up on a stage and by yourself with a microphone and just thinking that you can make an entire crowd laugh. And it's things that you prepared, like you right. spent time on it. So when something doesn't wasn't hit off the or cuff. something isn't funny, they're just like, you motherfucker, you're wasting my time. Like you and had all like, day to prepare this. You know what I you mean? You came to an open mic, lower your expectations. Well, right? but, but people don't, you know what I mean? People, I tell my sisters that all the time. They, they think everything should be like, dave chappelle you know like yeah. their their standards are so high and i'm just like what are you going to like they go to a comedy they live in madison so they went to a comedy club and some featured stand-up they saw and they're like he wasn't that funny i'm just like yeah but you're expecting it to be dave chappelle or chris rock like these are people that have been doing stand-up for like maybe five years and now mm -hmm. they're featuring and you know like or you came to one of my student showcases she goes that was terrible i'm like we just Thank fucking you. learned this <laughs> yeah. like we learned this three months ago you know yeah. and all it takes a year it takes years to get right. good at this you know what i mean it's so like going to your kid's t-ball game they have like, no well, they that have wasn't no... like the cubs <laughs> right it's like but they have no but because they're not in the entertainment industry and they have absolutely no frame of reference of of it so i remember that they were just like god like i just can't go to these shows anymore i'm like yeah give me a couple years to get good at this and then i'll invite you right like, you know, I was like, I didn't say this would be good. I go, we're all new. I wasn't know? this mean at your piano recital. <laughs> right. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I remember I was, I had been doing comedy for like three or four years and I had to make a speech at a wedding and I'm a pretty, pretty decent writer. And I had written some material and some jokes and some, sto some stories making fun of the, the groom who was, I was the best man, um, and the bride and, uh, and it went over really well and I got off stage and they're like, wow, like that was pretty good. Like we thought you were going to be terrible. Like you bomb. I was like, I've been doing comedy for four years. Like, yeah, like they just, they just have, I don't know if it's I'm their brother, but they just were like, wow. Like we thought that was going to suck. I'm like, you know, I do have like, I have some, some idea of what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I mean, I have been doing this for four years and they're like, I guess <laughs> I'm just like Jesus like, Christ. I grew up with you. Don't you know me? Right. 
but uh, my oh my god, the the worst audience for me would be my family because they they think you know they're like uh, they I all hate laugh. you. Like, yeah, I can't laugh at my brother. Right. All right, John. This is great, was, man. That was a good episode. Thank you guys for listening. We'll cut um, out the alien stuff. That was a weird tangent. Was I'm it? I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. We have to leave it all in contractually. Right. Playmaker makes us leave it all in. That's what I heard. Um, so we'll be back again Tuesday, right? We'll do Tuesday again. Yep. That'll be um our day Tuesday. Pod drops, lost in the shuffle. Pete and John. John, thank you. I will see you next week. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks, guys. Peace.